Hi, I'm Dan Higgison. Welcome to the Idle Hand Society podcast. We're joined today by Paul Bentz. Good morning. And photographer, Rue Lewis. Good morning. Ah, Hello. going wild. <laughs> you're walking, you're alone, you're going down the street, aliens appear. Ooh. You've got this ultimatum. They basically say, we'll get a selfie with you. Everyone believe you're the guy. You're the first contact guy. Or we can give you the answer to everything, but nobody will believe you. They'll all think you're crazy. Where are you going? This is, can I ask a couple of qualifiers? Is that allowed? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, presumably the aliens speak English. They're communicating in English, are they? They're communicating with you, yeah. Okay. And are the aliens, I mean, this is, it's funny the discussion of aliens, I think, because what, what, what is the alien? You know, do, do you mean the, the standard sort of grey, little, little bodied aliens that come off a spaceship? I don't. I don't know. You're the guy, right? You're the okay. guy. That's made first the guy. <laughs> you're, right, you're let's the do guy. it. Let's do it. Okay. So, what would I say? I, I would go for the answer to everything because I think if I took a selfie, one, I don't like selfies. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and two, um, I don't think anyone would believe it, right? You know, you've got AI and Photoshop. I just no, no, don't... They're, they're, they're going public, right? They're they're going to be talking to world leaders and stuff, but they'll be chatting about you. So they're talking. Oh my god! I was just thinking they're going to talk to Rishi. Like, can you imagine? <laughs> but, but but no, they'll they'll tell Rishi, and when they're talking to him, they'll be like, "Oh no, we spoke to your boy Rue. Mm. Like, we're a big big fan of his. Um, he love said his that we're, we we love his work, but we oh yeah. You know, so so they're going public. Like, everyone will believe you. It's you a are, good one, isn't it? Because that is a, that's a historical moment, isn't it? That would be yeah. good to know. But but I also would like to know the answer to everything. I would like to know that. Um, no, I'm going to go with the answer to everything. Yeah, yeah. good. You're going, so what do you reckon, Paul? Are you going social pariah, but genius? Or are you going first contact guy? I think the answer to everything too. You do? I think I, I, I would hate, like if you, you, you hear about celebrities and how much they hate being famous, like it would just be that like a million times over, but worse. Imagine, imagine your Instagram inbox, it would be like DMs every four seconds or something. I know, I know. But also imagine being that crazy lunatic that everybody's passed on the street that's like, I know the answer to everything. And everyone's like, all right, pal. <laughs> They're like, aliens told me. Like, okay, I, man. <laughs> I've met a few like that. I mean, it would be a bit annoying if then, you know, you chose that option and then they told everyone the answer to everything. Oh yeah, that would suck. That, I mean, then you wouldn't sort of hold that knowledge. But yeah, I, I, would, like, I would like to know the answer to everything, but I, I guess you wouldn't know if it was true or not. Yeah, who says yeah. they know, right? Yeah, they could be lying. <laughs> well, they might just be a bit clueless. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think about UFOs? Um, I'd like to think that they exist, but maybe not in how we, as a little, you know, fluffy creature, or, mm. you know, some not something like we've seen in the movies, more as a... Like a uh, fourth-dimensional being or something. I don't know, I don't know. It's weird. My wife believes in, um, you know, this... Like the idea that we're that this universe is the universe is like multiverse. So she believes in the multiverse, right? That there's versions of this universe and over and over repeated, maybe. Um, that's backed up with quantum physics as well, right? Right. Like, I mean, there's, that's there's that's, that's of, not an unintelligent thing to say. No, she no, she's she's um, and I, I I think they must be considering the size of the universe. Um, and the amount of planets, um, there's got to be, right? There has to be. Mm. Like, what, what that looks like, maybe a simple life form, maybe it's advanced, I don't know. Um, and I don't think we'll ever find out. I don't think we'll ever, ever. I, I don't think in our lifetimes anyway, maybe. 
Um, it'd be you don't think there'd be disclosure of any sort? Well, I was watching that thing, you know, there was the like... UAPs. Um, yeah, yeah, the, on, yeah, like yeah. the Americans did. And I, it was really interesting um, to watch it. But still, I still feel like... if. Wouldn't they? Wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they tell us? Because we freak out. I don't think people would freak out that much. Well, they, they kind of did, right? That's that's kind of what they did. No one gave a fuck. That was the weirdest mm. thing to me. That they they spoke about it in Congress or something, right? It was all really open. There was loads of footage of stuff that they can't explain. That depended on which way you lean. It could have been nothing. It could have been something. Mm. But they kind of said like, "We're not sure what this is," and nobody gave a fuck. Like we all just went to bed like it was normal that night. I don't know what the answer is. Landed a bit flat. See that? I mean, that's what I really like about the discussion. Actually, is just just by asking about UFOs, um, Paul went straight to aliens. Dan, you went to uh, interdimensional, and we're just really talking about stuff we can't explain in the sky. And I, I just love that conversation where you know you put your own metaphysical outlook on whatever yeah. you think it is, and it, and it's, it really provokes thoughts. You get you get into people's head. And, you know, everything's quite sort of divided politically. I, I think in terms of conspiracy theory, UFOs are quite innocuous, you know, that they, they, they don't do any harm. And it's, it's quite sort of a healthy mental exercise talking about it, I think, because we can't, can't really know. And, and we sort of take that sort of leap uh, into faith, you know, about, about, about what we personally believe. And I like that outlook. Um, but did yeah, you, I, I know what you mean. Did you grow up in a religious household? No, no, I didn't at all. Um, but I did study philosophy, and okay. I do like the sound of my own voice. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> no, I do. I do. Where no, I did grow up. Yeah, where did um, you grow up? What, I grew up in Dorset. Dorset, nice Dorset. part of the world. Yeah, in this sort of really in the middle of nowhere. Um, and it, it was, you know, when you grow up, you think it's really boring and. You sort of hate it, but when you look back, you go, "Wow, that was great! That was great yeah. to grow up um, in the middle of nowhere <laughs> with no bus routes." Um, but yeah, I think it really helped. It's a very beautiful part of the world, Dorset. You know, very sort of countryside. And <clears throat> as photographers, we were constantly looking at light, right? We're constantly looking how light falls. I think that was a pretty good school in um, learning about light. Was sort of growing up in the countryside. Yeah. Uh, and time, time to look at those things. <laughs> yeah, they, they, you do get a slower pace, right? Mm. I, I wasn't in the countryside, but I'm in Kent, so... The Garden of, of England. I, I was Bridgend, <laughs> so I was not far from Patalbert. I was... You, know, you were Bridgend? Bridgend boy, yeah, 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 Bridgend boy. I didn't so, know that, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Right by Port Talbot. Right, yeah, yeah. So, like, Port Talbot, like, when I saw you, I did never heard of you before your Port Talbot mm. book. No, no offence. Sorry. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, uh, when I saw the work, and I'm coming from Bajend, mm. it, 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 it was amazing what it, 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 it really... It's really difficult to explain maybe to somebody who isn't Welsh, but it was a real... I, I thought you were Welsh. I, I wasn't sure whether you were Welsh or what your connection mm. to Wales were. But it felt really intimate, a really intimate portrayal of that part of South Wales. Because um, my uncle had a corner shop underneath the flyover in Port Talbot right. for, about, for about 40 years, basically. And and it's, it's amazing. Every time we drove past it, it was like, my God, this is another world. Like, we're traveling to another place. How does this place even exist? Um, and 
Yeah, you're, you're, honestly, it's such, it's such a wonderful, beautiful book. It's my book of the year by miles. Like, I think it's really great. And I was wondering, like, what, do you have a connection to Wales in any way? Or, or do you have family in Wales? Or where, where did it, the idea of Portalbuk come from, really, originally? Yeah, I do. Um, that's really nice of you to say, um, Paul, because there is, there is that understanding of Wales. My granddad was Welsh. He was a very proud Welshman. He was Pembrokeshire. And we, we never went on holiday or anything. Uh, uh, well, we went on holiday, but it was to Wales. That's my mum and dad love Wales. And so we would drive past Port Talbot uh, on the way to visit him. And he, he at one point, I think he did some work in Port Talbot. He, he worked in um, industry. And we used to see these big blast furnaces, you know, driving past. And we, we, we were told they were space stations. Um, but yeah, on the M4, those don't know it, Port Talbot is just off the M4 in South Wales. And um, it's an industrial town. And it's, there, there is a sort of innate human connection to being attracted to that sort of thing, isn't there? And um, I don't know what it is, but there, there's an intrigue there, um, something you want to explore. And it's very nice you say that because the in Wales, there is a very, you have to sort of go there, especially South Wales. There is a magic to it. I don't know what it is, Paul. I haven't worked it out. And that's kind of what the book's about is that there is a magic. I don't know if it's the history or the folklore or, or just the rhythm but there's a real sort of um, warm, resilient attitude to the Welsh. And, you know, some of the pictures, they're not, you can laugh because, you know, they're, they're meant to be funny. There's a bit of humour there, but, but we're not laughing at them. You know, no, the, you're laughing with Welsh. them, right? Because it's, it's, it's very, exactly that, right? There's, there's mm. this humour. If you go to it, to South Wales, everybody, there's so much banter. There's so much... Yeah joviality there's people like you know life is hard but they, 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 it, it doesn't they, there is such a a warmth there right I, yeah. I, I've, I've had a few friends like got a French friend who's a photographer and I took him down to Wales and um, he just couldn't get over how how warm the people were and how friendly and open to talking they were and how interested in him they were and and I think that's that's it's very difficult to get across in a bunch of photographs, mm. but and I think you you do that beautifully. I think that's and I I kind of you know I was the other thing I was going to ask you is you shot it over two years, right? Is that right? Yeah, just over two years. Yeah, uh, and that in in terms of a, a project, that's relatively a, a short length period of time. So, in terms of how you um, based your time, did you always go down with an idea of I'm going to go and shoot a portrait or I'm going to shoot the choir or or did you? Were you wandering as as well as as the the sort of the planned shoots? I hate saying shoots, but you know what I mean. No, no, they are, I mean they are. <laughs> I, did, I did sort of plan them out as a shoot each time. Um, yeah, it is. In terms of span, it's quite a short time, but I did go at least three nights a month for you know two wow. and a half years. Yeah, yeah and, yeah, and part of the reason was that I never intended it to be that long, but when you go down, you the first thing about Wales, right, is you don't not everyone's online you can't find you can you can find plenty of people not online you know and the way to find them is you go to pubs and talk to people and everyone knows someone that recommends someone so you go down and shoot someone and hear this story in a pub and then like the world opens oh, up to you right you've got to open up and go right i've got to come back and shoot that person um and you can't email them you can't just uh you know, I mean, can I just stop you there, right? One, one question. Walking into a, a South Wales pub, right, not being from South Wales, did you ever feel intimidated doing that? Did you? Uh, like... there, was, there was a bit of that. <laughs> you have to get, uh, I, I tell you what, my granddad bought me a lot of um, 
a lot of time. Got me a, a surname, Lewis. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there, there is that sort of sort of tenacious attitude in Wales, and I think people from Wales tend to be, I'm just generality, tend to be quite proud, and there's certainly something in they don't care what you think of them. There's a real sort of honesty to that. I like that. They sort of say it. So when you go up to someone, that that there is a like an authenticity. Yeah, an authenticity, but also a bit more direct than maybe uh, I would be. Uh, and they don't care. They just tell you how it is. And I like that. And there's this wonderful storytelling culture in Wales um, and the UK, of course. But, you know, you go in a pub and talk to someone and have you seen a UFO? It tends to be quite a good opener, right? It's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and people tell you and they don't care. They're not afraid. Um, so, yeah, I went down. I met loads of people. And once you get a few people on side, they introduce you. And you've a few key figures. Uh, there's a gentleman called Nigel who runs a, a brand there called Samba Tablo. And they're like a streetwear brand. And his uh, business partner is called Pancho from Dirty Sanchez. And so I sort of met them randomly. Uh, but they, they ended up being connected to a lot of people. So, th- th- yeah, they were really helpful. Uh, but a lot of it is just talking. I, I, I did put up posters, actually. Have you seen a UFO? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I still got a few, actually. That's like um, the first thing in the book, isn't it? It's yeah, the first, it's the first photo in the sequence. How much yeah, response did you get from that? What was like? What was? I, I still get calls now. Wow, I get calls now. Um, I shouldn't have put my number on in uh, hindsight, my actual phone number. But it was, it was really interesting. You know, some people just call up for a chat, just to chat about it. <laughs> uh, but it, I mean, it all started from Michael Sheen's. You know, Michael Sheen's a Port Talbot boy. Yeah, yeah. I was watching a documentary on him uh, interviewing David Hearn yesterday. Actually, oh yeah, it's really good. I'll send it to you. It's really. I haven't good. seen that. Is that new? Yeah, yes. It was up in the working men's hall in in Portalba, I think, recently, and it's good. Yeah, it's good. Really, yeah, good. I would like to see that. I mean, there, there is a wonderful photography culture in South Wales. You know, the whole Newport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone, Newport and um, Stu Smith, of course, for, uh, from Gost. He he went to Newport. Did he? And, did he? Um, do you know Dan? Do you know Dan Wood or not? Do you know Dan? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I've talked to Dan. Yeah, I really like what Dan does, actually. And uh, photo book junkies, right? Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's great. And, the, the, you know, there's this whole scene, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, offline journal. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Schneiderman, uh, just amazing work. Um, Bruno Sebastian. All, the, all these amazing photographers doing incredible work there. And it, it, I, there is a magic to it. I, I, maybe you can explain, but what is it, do you think, about South Wales? I think I think it goes from the coast to the hills, and I think it's one. I think that you know you walk into a rugby club in South Wales, or you walk into a to a bar, or even a cafe. People will stop and talk to you, right? They're interested in your life. Like one of the, well, I, I've been in London twenty years now, but I still go home like three or four times a year. My mum and dad still live there. My sister lives there, um, and it, it's. I I think when 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 you leave and you've been, when you've been away for so long and you go back, you you just notice that like London isn't particularly a warm place. Like people, you know, you can sit on the tube, can't you? Go from north to south London, and nobody will say a word to you, even if you speak to somebody. You're a bit weird, right? Like it's, it's mm. you know, why is this guy talking to me? Um, but if like you go on a train from Bajen to Cardiff, which is like twenty twenty minutes, like. I'm knowing somebody's life, right? There's a guy sat opposite me I've never met. And he's going, all right, how are you doing, bud? Uh, where are you from? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm from Bajan. I'm in London. Oh, what are you doing? London's a big place, isn't it? And, you know, you're instantly <laughs> like... <laughs> and there's this thing, there's this natural flow of, of 
it's like a closeness. I can't really describe it, but mm. it's like you even like even in London, if I meet another Welshman, there's like oh, you don't. It's like family, the, right? Yeah, it, there is, and I think because it's such a small country, there's only like what three million people that you do know a lot of people, and people know about your life, and and people are interested in your life. I think, and they and they care. There's a kindness in South Wales. I think. Yeah. People are kind. I mean, there are dickheads, obviously, everywhere, but I think overall, like. One of the things, like growing up there, was like this amazing. Like I didn't realize at the time, and then you don't realize until you you go away and come back. But how beautiful it is! Like the the coastline and and the mountains and you know just everything about it. I mean, it's, I I want to go home at some point and live there again. But I, I'm not sure when. My wife isn't that sure. I'm trying to persuade her. Um, yeah. But. <laughs> but I, I'm I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I want to go home and do a project, but you know, it's just like I, my life is in London, really, at this moment. My my daughter is eleven, just going to secondary school, um, and so in the next, I maybe another ten years, I've got yeah, and then hopefully I can go and and do my uh, my, my my retirement project. <laughs> yeah, what long term study? I mean, yeah. Dan, Dan Wood, Dan Wood's book. I don't know if you know, Gap in a Hedge. Yeah, yeah. it's a really cool study of Wales. Um, I've loved that book. Me too. Me too. Yeah, Dan. Dan is like a, a really big influence in in terms of putting me onto documentary photography. Really, to be mm. honest with you, like before that point, I wasn't like I was mainly street, which was you know, and 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 shooting that way. And and it's taken a long time to get that out of my system. And I still do it a little bit, but mm. um, yeah, it's it's it's. I love Dan's work, and and this, like you're right, this is South Wales is such a hotbed of of photo like. Sebastian Bruno's book um, of Tarah is really amazing as well, right? Yeah. I mean, I was just looking through that before we came on, and I was I was putting your work side by side, and and it's amazing how both of them are really intimate portraits of South Wales, and you're outsiders, really, in a way, right? You're you're people, you're not you're not Welsh by, mm. uh, but you still have managed to create that connection and that closeness to the people and and I kind of wonder how you've done that like what's been what do you just think it's talking to people is that what the the closeness is and and repeating it over and over and over yeah um I mean it's sort of yeah we're sort of the foreign eye I guess it's like Vin Vendors didn't he, he used to say that about the foreign eye looking in um but you know I, I've spent a lot of time in Wales and I, I, I don't know about Sebastian I think he probably lives in Wales doesn't he mm -hmm. so sort of understanding that sort of culture and wanting to capture it. Um, there's a big, I mean, I really do love Port Talbot. People think I'm joking, <laughs> but I do, I do love the town. And it's, you have to judge something for what it is and not, not what it isn't, right? Um, and that's what the book, book is about. It's this love letter to this town. Um, because I do, I do see it as a dreamland. I do see it as this wild place. And you, you know, at, at night you have the steelworks flaring, which is when the blast furnaces go off. Does it lights up the sky? It grows this like the whole sky goes orange. It's, it's on fire. Um, in July you have this blue plankton. The seas grow, glowing blue. I've never seen blue plankton in the UK, but it visits every year on, on Aberavon Beach, the longest beach in Wales. In Port I have Town. to go. Didn't know. Didn't know. You have to go, and all the town will come out. There's actually an image in the book where lots of the town. It's about two a.m. Lots of the town are out looking that you agitate the water and then you can see it shimmer in the background you, all the while you've got the steelworks going going mental and you know everyone walks around like it's normal that um, was a really nicely observed shot by the way i really mm. like that you kind of went back it would be really easy to go to 
where the people are. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And just yeah, that's what I'd have done. I'd have done the really dumb one with just like the water with the people. But you you went back, yeah, to see it all, see see the scape. Yeah, it is. It's a very impressive landscape, and that, that there's something you know I mentioned earlier about the rhythm. Um, there's this constant sound in Port Talbot where uh, the industry's going, and it, it just reminds me of a train. It actually reminded me of my granddad's boatyard in Pembrokeshire, where the um, the masts would clink and make this noise and it's and you don't notice it after a while it's just like a train you know just this constant going the sound of industry um yeah and there's this once you're sort of in the zone you, you don't you you feel part of the town it's really hard to it's really hard to explain i when i shot the choir i shot i took the choir up the port talbot Cumric choir is uh i think it's the longest oldest male choir in Wales, still going today. And um, <clears throat> I went to go and visit them and they rehearse at a place called uh, Wesley Chapel in Tybark. And you drive up there and I, I think any email response, I couldn't get them on the phone, nothing like that. So I just drove up to rehearsal that I saw was uh, happening. And when I got out of the car, you could hear the industry in the background and the steelworks chugging away 24-7. And I could hear the choir, I could hear them sort of, in, I just sort of followed the noise to the back of the chapel, went through, and inside there was this circle of, you know, probably 30, 40 men, all in their 60s, uh, singing to one another. And I was like, wow, what a what a moment this is, you know, I've got, I've got to photograph these men. And these are all boys that used to work in the steelworks, you know, and, um, and, and do this in their spare time. And we ended up going up at the top of the mountain, um, and there's one gentleman there whose job was to make sure everyone's tie was straight. And there was a real sort of proud moment where everyone was in these beautiful green blazers they had overlooking the steelworks. And I got it on 16 mil, actually, them, them uh, <clears throat> doing this hymn. But the image I used in the book was just them sort of having a laugh with one another. And it was a real sort of, I don't know, it was a real moment that, that's, that's hard to explain. But when you experience it, and, and that's why I don't think you should not Port Talbot, because it's, there's something there. Everyone talks about it. Why does Anthony Hopkins, Michael Sheen, Richard Burton, they, they all come from this relatively small town, um, you know, that's been in decline since the sort of late 60s. It, it used to be quite a uh, affluent place. It used to have a casino there, um, sort of beach, a Lido, sort of beach entertainment, Miami Beach used to be called, lots of clubs and pubs. Uh, but that sort of declined and it was... It was kind of a result after building the M4. They they destroyed half the town, which is very very sort of odd sort of town planning to sort of take away half the town. Lots of lots of schools and churches and houses were demolished, um, <clears throat> forced sort of buyout, and they built this this huge raised motorway, concrete structure. And, and there's actually a few streets where people looking out used to look onto another house at the other side of the street, and now they're looking onto this huge reinforced wall. Which is very odd. What that, what sort of psyche that, what that does to a town. That you know, what it does to your mind. Um, but it became a point. Sixty six, I think the uh, M four was built, and and people would just they would used to go through it. You know, stop off if they're visiting other parts of the world. But now they could just bypass it, and it, it's quite a weird feeling. Must be to, to feel bypassed by everyone. Uh, and a lot of the clubs, working men's clubs, may not have been updated since that time. It's a bit of a time warp. So I think you mentioned, um, uh, Paul, that you sort of go in to these clubs and it, it is like something else, you know, something 
But there's, the, I, I think there's, there's some that photograph that you talked about with the choir. I think there's <clears> something <throat> about um, I don't know people looking after each other again. You know, this closeness, <clears throat> this togetherness, this camaraderie, this this resilience. I suppose is the resilience. You know, the South Wales mines closing, the steelworks is in, not in a good place at this moment in time, and and I think having I think in Wales your friends are really important, and and it's interesting. I was having a chat with my wife about. Like she went to university and and I didn't go to university. I'm not a university educated man, unfortunately. But she she had that university education and she's still friend, really friendly, with a lot of her friends she was in university with. Um, and I was like, I was interested in it, like that how how those connections are made and how you maintain those connections over a period of time. And I think. Like, I'm still friendly with maybe, you know, a handful of friends from South Wales who I'm still really close with and, and we look out for. But I don't, I don't have that, that, I suppose, what's the word, long-term friendship that you get from... Um, help me, Dan. Staying in the place. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, yeah, like, if like I... If, you've, said to, like, you've said to me I, before that you, you go home and there's whole groups of people that you went to school with that are still best mates... And you you feel like you're slightly outside of that now. Yeah, because you've you've moved away from it. I suppose that's what it is. And because you, like, when you go back and you see it, and you can see it in that photograph, and there's a bit of there's a bit of like there's a bit of jealousy there, you know, because of that. Like, I think it's really hard, especially in London, because it's the way London is, right? That you know everything is an hour away, basically. Mm. Um, and, and so keeping those really close contact friendships is really hard. I, I mean, it's re and I think in South Wales that naturally happens. It's like everybody, like you, you know, walk that down the street. Are you doing poor? You know, you, you, your friendships are much more. T maybe tighter is the wrong word, but I, I mean, it feels much more. You bump into each other. Yeah, you bump into each other and people know your life. And I think that's what made me want to leave initially. You know, that's why I came to London, because it felt claustrophobic in a way. It felt like, like, you know, you were living... I lived in a small town, which ended is relatively small, and everybody knew everything about your life and there was no escape from that. And I think coming to a massive city and moving away from it, um, it totally gave me that, like, I could be anonymous here, and that was great. I liked, I liked that idea. and, I, and then, But going back to it now, I kind of realise what I've missed as well. Like, I see, you know, it, it's, it's a dual-edged sword in a way, right? It's like there's a closeness and a bonding that you get from living in a small community where you don't, if you live in a big city, I think. that's and Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I kind of, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I, t I totally get that. And it is, I mean, a lot of the book is about community, you know, uh, and hope. And I, I think we we do sort of yearn to connect to one another. I think maybe London, there's almost too many people uh, to, to form, you know, meaningful connections uh, with too many. Obviously, you can have communities within the larger London life, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Um, but it, yeah, in, in Wales, there, there there is a strong sense of community. There's um, <clears throat> There's a panto, which I'm going to next week, Thai Bar Rugby Football Club. Uh, amazing, going, right? Have you ever been? <laughs> no, I haven't been, but I'm just, I know. You I haven't, haven't lived. Been. You haven't lived. <laughs> <laughs> there's, they, it's, they take it very seriously. BBC actually did a documentary on it called Balls of Steel. Okay. And there's a lot of rugby clubs. I forget how many. I think maybe 11 rugby clubs in um, Port Talbot, which is a lot for a, a small town. That is a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's a big, sort of culturally big, isn't it, sport in, in Wales. And the Thai Bart Rugby Football Club, they 
they start rehearsing, I think, at the start of September <coughs> for the pantomime. And last year it was called Beauty and the Abyss. And uh, it nice. was, I, I emailed them and they were really nice. I, I met them all and they were very kind. They invited me to uh, be backstage um, photographing them and rehearsals. And I got loads of good photos. I think only one or two made it into the book. But it was, so, I, I've never seen um, so many big hard men, basically rugby players, you know, front row, uh, <laughs> steel workers, you know, hard as you can get. Talk, talk about um, this love of community and basically loving one another without using those words. And it really does mean a, mo- a lot to them because they, the, the whole town comes to see it. You know, it, it's sold out every night. It raises a lot of money for the club. Um, and it's just, it, it's a great, it's so much fun. You know, a lot of the jokes I didn't get. <laughs> some, <laughs> some of them I got, I got some of the in-jokes. Um, but again, it's that real sort of pride and willing to look a bit silly and uh, and go with it. And it, and it's been going, it's, it's a very serious, I think it started at the YMCA, which is where Anthony Hopkins first went. And so, you know, some, Anthony Hopkins went to Hollywood and the, the other boys started the Thai Bar <laughs> Rugby Football Club pantomime. <laughs> Um, but I would recommend going. It's, I'm gonna go, I really want to go now. I really do. Yeah, you should definitely, definitely go. I, I think it's at the start of December. I'm going next week with, uh, I mentioned before, Nigel and, and Pancho. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, and it's very rugby. You know, there's a lot of drinking involved and a yeah, lot of yeah, yeah. winding each other up. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's such a nice community-spirited event um, and a lovely thing to do. And yeah, I, re- I really enjoyed it. Um, I'll probably take a camera. Yeah, okay. <laughs> camera, yeah. You have to take a camera, Rue. Whereabouts yeah, so, in the world are you based now? Uh, I'm in London now, so uh, I've got a studio in Bethnal Green, okay. East London, and uh, I live in North London. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, but um, yeah, I, I do try and go back. I've been back a couple of times since the book's come out because I made such good friends. They are, they are my friends, and I do love the town. What, what's and, uh, what's what, what's a typical working week like for you then, Rue? What's like like Monday to Friday? What's what's Oh God! Well, I've got a toddler now. So oh, how old? How old? Uh, two and a half. Okay. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. But you know, before as a photographer, I thought I was busy. You know, you got to do like one, maybe two shoots a month. You know, totally mental, really busy. But now I realise what busy is <laughs> since I <laughs> get kid. Um, so I've got better at time. But yeah, I've been I've been shooting quite a lot recently, uh, which is good. Shooting um, in in London. For work, yeah, or, I, I did this thing for um, Bellstar, which was which was quite a good project, and then I'm working on another book with a writer in Chichester, uh, which I don't know anything about Chichester, but amazing, beautiful place. Um, I used to do a bit of quite a lot of nature photography and gardens, uh, but I've always seen myself as a, a portrait photographer primarily. Um, but this year has been really good. I did uh, the Pets at Home campaign. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. That. Which is really good fun, just photographing um, people and their animals and their dogs. And I don't know if you know the photographer Mark LeBon, but he actually photographed him weirdly for with his dog Hank for for pets at home, which is really good fun. Um, so yeah, typically I I share a dark room with another photographer, and that's private because a lot of my sort of um, my work is, is hand printing. It's that that's how I get those sort of colours. I, I make the print of the dark room, then I scan it. Mm. Um, and that, that's how I like working. Uh, so I share a dark room. So I'll, I'll go to the studio twice a week, say, um, and then I've got the kid the other half of the week and, and shooting. It's, it's all a bit over the place, all over the place, really. 
It sounds like you spend a lot of time trying to find other people, like communities. Are you feeling quite isolated in that bit of London? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm that age now. I think where a lot of my friends have moved out. They're, they're sort of moving out. They've done the London thing and moving out. They've got, they might have kids and want a, a bigger house or something or, or a different school. Um, I've never really felt isolated as a photographer. I, I think quite the opposite, really, because I do portraits. I get to meet all sorts of people. You know, I do see portraits as a, a, a collaboration and you sort of learn so much about someone. And I think that's important. You know, the first 40 minutes or so, you're, you're just basically talking to that person, mucking about, they're trying to work out who they are. I mean, you might have an idea about how to shoot someone with all these Jamie Hawksworth references or something like that. <laughs> uh, but, but when you meet them, you're like, wow, I can't shoot them like that at all. I have to shoot them like this. You know, they'll tell you something. Um, and certainly that was a big, big part of Port Talbot UFO Investigation Club. Do you think sometimes, though, that that conversation that you have with people as a photographer feels slightly different? It's not the long-term relationship that Paul's talking about. It's more like a fling, right? Mm. Where you don't necessarily... I don't know, you're not, you're not embedded. You're not one of the guys. You're just... Yeah, I, I guess there's... I, yeah, there's quite a lot to that, isn't there? I guess maybe... You, I, I'm forming real relationships with everyone I meet, you know, because I, I am... Interesting. Of course, people. you can see it in the yeah. photos as well. Like they're they're genuine. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think you can. I, that's why I, I was going to say exactly that. There is a real connection. Mm. I don't. I don't think you create those connections without being interested in somebody, right? Like there's, there's, those those photographs come from listening, from from taking time to listen to somebody. Absolutely. Um, that, sorry, reflect. I wasn't for a second trying to say that those connections were <laughs> no. that were in any way fake, but the connection that you have with, say, that choir. Mm. That, that's that connection you have with them is very different to the connection they have with each other. Oh, definitely, yeah. I, I mean, I suppose you've got to accept that the situation is created, right? You're you're curating and creating the situation, and so you do you do have that first where you you are trying to connect. You are creating that situation. It's not a natural meeting in a pub or on a train, Paul. You know, like you you were earlier, but you know you are you are connecting and. Um, yeah, I'm never. I'll never be one of the Port Talbot boys. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, much as I want to be. Um, you, you might have an honorary uh, key to the town at this point, right? Yeah, I hope so. I hope have you so. taken the book back and shown people? Have you? Have they? Do you know I, what? It's, I, had a it's had a really good reaction. I, I was worried about offending three different communities, you know, because it's you know I'm not Welsh. I was born in England. My granddad was Welsh, but um, so I was worried about offending the sort of the Welsh community. And then the uh, UFO community, which can be quite fracturous. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, so, but they seem to. I've always said it's not a study of UFO sightings. I've done a lot of those deep dives and down those holes. I've long history of listening to UFO stories because I just love stories. And you know, I'll come on to the truth of that in a minute. You know what that means. And I was also worried about the, the photo book community. You know, because that's 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 a real thing. There's I love photo books. I love how pure they can be. I, I see it as photography in the purest form where you can really, there's no compromises as a photographer. You make your photo book. It's your sequencing your photos. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you, you sequenced all yourself? Yeah, you... you no, I mean, a lot of it was with, with Gost, uh, Stu, Stu Smith, who, who who's amazing. And, and I think you have to know when to let go a bit 
because uh, you can be so in a project. And so many photos didn't make it in the book, which I love. But, you know, your initial reaction is to be like, to get annoyed. And he says, you can't have this one in. Um, but then when you see it together, you see why it makes sense. And that's partly why you get annoyed is, you know, he's right. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a couple he made me reshoot, actually. I went, I went back. There's one of Terry, who's this older gentleman who was uh, homeless for about 30 years, 40 years. Um, he's got a long beard and he's always wears, wears a kilt and a cowboy hat. And the town sort of petitioned to um, get him a house. So they got him a house now. Uh, he must be in his 70s. Uh, but he can't read or write. Uh, but he's got loads of stories. You know, he's been on the streets for so long. Um, and actually, he spends most of the time just hanging out in the street. That's what he's used to. Uh, he, he talks about sort of helping build the motorway. And then he would then live under that motorway for for years afterwards. But. That's so interesting because let me tell you a story. So I lived in Bajen and the mm. motorway the motorway bridge went literally through my village pretty much, right? Mm. And as kids, we used to, there was basically, you could walk up these steps and you could, there's like a me- massive metal doorway which you could go in and walk through, it's like a tunnel that goes underneath the motorway. And they would, there used to be this story that there's a guy that used to live underneath the bridge and he abducted children, like, so that's like a really scary, <laughs> that's weird, right? Was there any truth to it? I, I don't mean, I don't think any of those ever went urban um, myths. Yeah. Yeah, but that's it. I mean, that's what I mean about truth is, I don't care what the truth is. Like a lot of the time people say, oh, do you believe these people's stories about UFOs? And it, I don't care. I don't care. It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter because it's storytelling. And, and Port Talbot is full of these amazing stories. You know, you've got... I remember going to a pub and someone saying, oh, well, you know, uh, Ridley Scott stayed in Port Talbot. And you'd be like, oh, really? And already this doesn't sound true, right? But he was influenced by the flaring of the steelworks for Blade Runner. And there might be some truth to that. You don't know, but it, it, it doesn't matter. And it, the truth, that then extended to George Lucas, who also stayed in Port Talbot. <laughs> and uh, he saw the dock cranes. And the dock cranes looked like, they really do look like the walkers in Star Wars. Um, I don't know if you've seen those. They're, they're called yeah, Atat walkers. Atat, right? Yeah, yeah. That's right. And he saw those and he was influenced. Um, and he called them Atat because Atat is Tartar backwards and Tartar <laughs> <in the> still <laughs> works. And you think, that's incredible. Of course, Tartar, Tartar right? Tartar still works for the <laughs> 90s and Star Wars from the 70s. And they'd be like, okay, that bit's not true, but the rest is. <laughs> And, you know, like all these things, there is some truth to that. You know, in uh, it was in Pembrokeshire, the Millennium Falcon from Star Wars was built. So they, 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 they would have driven past Port Talbot. And who knows, like, what went in that uh, into that model making. Um, but the truth is, it's weird. You know, I always think this, I always battle this with photography. I, I used to think photography was about uh, taking photos of what's there. But now I understand it to be something quite different. I understand... I think you should sort of say something with it, create a universe or make someone feel something, you know, or do all of those things together. Uh, because I, I, I certainly can't, I don't know about anyone else, but I, I cannot be objectively true in, fo- in photography. There's always a, a bias, right? You know, why have you mm-hmm. chosen that scene? Why have you chosen that vocal length, that film stock? Why have you graded it that way? You know, w- whatever it is, there's always a bias. So, I don't think we can ever, well, I can't be objectively true in photography. So so it's much more interesting to me for people saying something. And I think the photo book's the perfect way to do that. Um, because I, I, again, as I've got older, I've realized that it doesn't matter if 
I don't think it matters if you like the photos or not. It's more about do you like the project and do you think the project is saying something? Is it a success in saying what it's meant to say? Um, and photo books just do a wonderful job of that. You know, you can eat someone's photo book and and sort of understand what they're saying. Um, so yeah, I, I do love that. Do you have a few favorite photo books? What photo books do you like? What's what's your? I really if you like... had to take desert island three desert island photo books. You can take with you. Two oh, desert oh island. okay. Oh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I, I would say um, Sleeping by the Mississippi, classic. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, That's right. Yeah. yeah, wonderful photo book. Wonderful. Again, the rhythm to it and the sequence mm-hmm. in colour, all, all right up my street. I really like um, Field Studies by Stephen Gill. I don't know if you know okay. that. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um is that the one? Is that that's not that? That's the pillar, the one with the birds all on the pillar. The pillar, right? yeah, that's more more recent, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. just produced so much amazing work. Yeah, um, and I would to sort of support my point. I would say uh, "Ex Voto" by Alice Tomlinson mm, because interesting. It, it's a very beautiful book, and everything's beautiful about it. The the um, the printing's very beautiful. The design, and I think it's a real success as a photo book and it's not about whether i like the images or because it's all black and white right if you know the book but it's all black and white it's not like my work at all but it's about a pilgrimage and Mm -hmm. it's shot over um a few years i think all on large format and it's just so beautifully executed i think that's uh that that's why i wanted a book on ghost that's why i've used them basically (laughs) because of that book because of that book, yeah. Can I, can I ask you a question? I imagine you shoot digital. Do you shoot digital a lot for your commissioned work or not? Or you shoot everything film? Um, I do shoot digital. A lot of advertising is digital, but um, I, I am getting a lot of film commissions too at the moment. Yeah, but I always shoot digital long slide. <laughs> I, I, do you think... Um, I'm just questioning that in terms of your personal work and, and why you choose film to shoot your personal work predominantly on film and you say you've got your own dark room and why that's important to you um it's i mean there is a when taking a portrait there is a certain theater to shooting on film i, I shoot like medium format six seven and you when you set up and you might be on a tripod or you certainly have all these old cameras and and film there is a certain theater you're creating um and quite often the camera's away from your face you can sort of connect Everything's slower. You're not just snapping away. I think people are quite familiar with the DSLRs. Nothing wrong with that, but people are quite familiar with that. People are less familiar with um, an RZ67 looking down or or a Pentax. And uh, yeah, as I say, it creates this theatre and you would think people would give you less, you know, like bright lights, rabbit in the headlights or something. But they actually give you more. They give you more. There's a a sense of, let's do this together. Let's collaborate. This This is a special thing um and i i don't i don't shoot loads i i sort of i like to be quite considered and there's definitely a cost factor in that certainly nowadays um but you don't need to take loads of photographs i don't think i think you sort of once you've worked out your angles and um done all your tests you, re- you really can nail it quite quite quickly i think mm-hmm. um and you might do se- several sort of looks or angles and i, I say did that in port tower but we did several different maybe areas um quite often with people i would have a place in mind or i would talk to them about a a location and then we would you know work that out how that would represent and 
Yeah, I think that's why I like film is that sort of, other than the obvious sort of colour, aesthetic and feel to it. Um, I'm not a purist by by any means. I think if if I could do that on a digital camera, I certainly would, but I can't. It, it just do you looks think there's better. a different emotional attachment between a, a digital photograph and a film photograph? I, I do, yeah. I, there's a, certainly a feel to it. Um, and for me, it's colours. I, I love colour. I spend a lot of time on colour. Um, you, and da- you and Dan will get on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm become obsessed with it. And there is a, there is a feeling in that, that sort of colour, which I can, I'm not skilled enough to do that digitally, but I, I can do it in the dark room. And I think when an image is um, sort of beautiful, you, you're, you're naturally inclined to be more drawn into it and try and understand it more. Um, so yeah, that's why I like it. it it's not a, snobby purist thing it's just it's just it's kind of it just looks better mm-hmm. um but it, it, it is very expensive i'm shooting a lot of uh six or five if anyone's interested six or five at the moment because you get 60 percent more photos on, on the roll and um the looks yeah, not that much different is it either well you get 10 on an rz and 16 on my i got a contact six or five and um it's slightly sort of faster paced but um, there is something special about that six seven negative. It, I, I I guess I can't. I don't know what it is. It just look to me. It's like night and day when you shoot a portrait in six seven and hand print it. You done much stuff on large format? I haven't. Do you know what? I've never done large format. Uh, have you guys done any of that? I've I've got stolen Paul's camera. So I've I've got a large format camera just out of frame up there. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know. Have you not can. used it yet? So do you know Roy Meta? No, no. Okay, so... I'm just going to let my dog out. Sorry, my dog wants to go out. <laughs> Bless it. You can see Leonard pacing up by the door. Um, so I, I'm a mature student. At 38, I've gone back to university. Anyway, I'm, I'm kind of using it as a... I just want to start fresh. You know, I've, I've approached it with as open mind as I possibly can to just make sure that I'm kind of unlearning a lot of the bad habits that I'm in. Um, and, and really trying to get the most from these really amazing tutors that we have, like really experienced tutors. Uh, Roy Meta is one of them, and he's done a fair amount of work on large format. So I'm working with Roy at the minute to to upskill myself to actually mean that. I can... Have you used Have you used it? Actually, have you done any pictures with it? I, I've I've got a couple of frames um, that need to go into the dark room, need to be developed. Uh, black and white, <laughs> all of it's black and white so far. But um, yeah, I, I kind of I really want to have a play with it, but but Barry, like the cost, because obviously I know yeah. that the first bunch of stuff that I do with it is going to be absolute dog shit. Mm. And knowing that I'm paying so much for every crap frame, I don't know, it scares me, particularly as a mature student. Yeah, I really like the idea. Do, do you find it too slow? I, th- I just... I've not... I mean, I've, I've literally got a couple of test frames off and they mm. were like more landscapey than anything else. I think it, it, it takes a lot of skill to get it like I don't right. have that skill. I, 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 so my again, my 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 French buddy uh, Roman. He's really like he's the most technical geeky guy you could ever meet in your life. Right, he's super geek, and he we bought it about ten years ago, and we we used to take it and shoot portraits of each other and try and go out on the street and just shoot some street portraits with it. And I think it just takes that, it, it does take that, that that length of time longer to just to get it. I, maybe if you become really good at it and you use it all the time, you know, maybe you do get quicker at it. But we, yeah, we were slow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were really slow. I'm up really at yours slow. on um, Monday, Paul, aren't I? 
going to yeah. bring it with me. I'm going to make a portrait of you and I'll get it in the dark room. I'll, let's see how. Thanks. <laughs> let's see how it goes. <laughs> I can't quite. Um, yeah, that's probably a bit too far for me. I, I, I don't like being limited by. I, I assume you always have to use it on a tripod, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can actually. You can hold. Yeah, hold it, those, actually. those yeah. fucking those, Speedmaster. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's an old press That's camera, cool. right? So we we used to shoot with it. You know, Ouija, the New York photographer, who shot like mm. all of the like the American, the New York. It's that of, camera, right? Yeah, it's that camera, basically. And yeah, you used to walk around with it handholded, and there's no. huge flash. It says <laughs> yeah, portable yeah. on it. That's one. Of, it says in big writing because I guess this thing's from the fucking forties or something. And it said that's one of its selling points: portable. Portable camera. It's got a big leather handle on the side of it. Massive. But I still think you need to put it on a tripod, yes. Absolutely. Particularly uh, because I guess (laughs) back then as well, like the film probably didn't cost that much. So all those throwaway shots. (laughs) They used to have these speed loaders. I don't know if you've ever seen anybody use them. They're like a big, almost like an organ, you know, like a, is that what they're called? Like the squeeze box organ things? So they would like rip a thing out and push it back in and it would like load in the next film and they'd be able to do like 10 frames really quick. That's what the press guys were doing, yeah. Interesting. They weren't using a viewfinder as well. There's like a little metal thing on top with a square in front and they just line it up. So it's all approximate. It's amazing, right? Yeah. When you say you want to go into education after, are you doing a, you say you're back at uni? Yeah, yeah. So I'm studying uh, for for a BA in documentary photography and photojournalism. Mm. Um, and you want to day. go teach eventually? Yeah, yeah, probably further education. One day, one day, not yet, not yet. I don't think I've got anything to teach people just yet. One day, though. I like the idea of that. I didn't do photography at university, and I like the idea of sort of almost being made to study something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. And made to do a project, and how far you take that. You know, a lot of... A lot of photographers, you see, what, what you see, that quite often their best work might be their university or their masters that they that single study. Um, and yeah, coming back to photo books, I like that idea of a of a true monograph, right? That specialized single study of, of an era. You become a. There's this writer called John Ronson, mm. who I love. He's a big influence on my work, and even though he's a writer, and I'm a photographer, but. Um, he said, you know, you become an expert when you're writing about something, you, you become an expert in that field, which you then forget about. And I think that's true in photography. You become obsessed with, once you find, if you're investigating something and, and you find that channel, that's something, that that hook, Yeah. Um, you become obsessed and, and, and study it. And that, that happened with me and Paul Talbot. Um, so what else are you an expert in now that you've <laughs> subsequently forgotten? Well, um, what in general? <laughs> in general, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I did, I followed druids for a while. I followed. Okay, druids. I, I saw that work as well. Yeah, you've done a few. You've done a few books, right? You've done a few books, or a few. Was that your first book, and then you've done a few projects? That was just yeah. That was a project. Um, books I'd done previously, a, a sort of more sort of commercial oriented books, that, not monographs. Um, but druids was was a great one because. I didn't know anything about it. I grew up in the West Country and you sort of see them around. Um, but yeah, again, I like that idea of uh, it was folklore again and, and faith, you know, it's their religion. Uh, and they, again, they were very sort of hard to contact. I, I, I visited Stonehenge and <clears throat> on a solstice and that wasn't, a lot of people there weren't sort of, you'd say, true druids, you know. So I ended up going, yeah, well, yeah, they were sort of there sort of raving maybe. <laughs> 
Um, and so I ended up going to Glastonbury and uh, meet, meeting the Rainbow People, uh, Steve Snake, <laughs> Grey Wolf, all these amazing people. And they don't have Facebook or Instagram profiles or anything like that. But it, it was very sweet that I, I was invited to their um, their sort of personal religious ceremonies. And, you know, the first few times I went, I didn't actually take any photos um, because you, I think you've got to be careful when photographing a community not to sort of, it sounds really obvious, but not to take too much from them. Um, yeah, they're not a good one. You're sort of right? using them. Yeah, you want to you want to work with them or, or celebrate them. And I think in general, it's quite hard to tell good, positive stories. Um, it's very easy to tell a negative story and and take the mick out of someone. Um, where do you find that? Where do you find that line is then? Where it's like, and and how are you working that? Are you you getting advice from peers, friends, family, or did you do um, it yourself? Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's all motivation. You know. Um, if, if you, you, people work you out quite quickly, your motivation. If if you're trying to take from a community um, or be in any way exploitative, I think I think that's quite clear. Um, whereas if you're interested, uh, I, I think a lot of great sort of photography is comes from a genuine interest in the subject and wanting to explore it uh, in a way in which you're able, which is photography. Um, I, th- I think that shows quite quickly. Uh, and yeah, I, I mean, I used to do work for like Vice magazine and and people like that. And it it's too easy to be negative and take the piss. It's too easy. Um, Was that something like, you felt pressure from them to do? Maybe I'm speaking no, out of it, it wasn't. They were never really pressuring me to do that. It was, that's the quick, easy way out is to get a quick sort of laugh. Um, whereas to try and understand something. It's, it's like when you, you know, not everyone's great communicators sometimes you have to actually listen to what someone's saying um, and understand what what they mean not just listen to the words they're saying and take them out of context and, and that's quite sort of mean-spirited sometimes when people do that um that's I a think, real superpower to be able to do that though right yeah uh yeah or it's just taking time isn't it it's just um it's not going for that quick quick sort of laugh and that drive for content i've I've always been terrible on instagram i, I you know everyone I don't post enough. Um, yeah, it, I, th- I do think it's hard to tell positive stories well. And wh- when you find one, it's I think we have that responsibility as photographers to, to tell it for what it is, you know, and um, look for that truth. Um, yeah, I, I, that's that's what I see Port Talbot is. It, it's a positive story. It's, it is a love letter. And I'm, I'm not shying away from any of the challenges the town has. You know, it, it was once labelled the most polluted in the UK. Um, it, it doesn't, there isn't a lot of money there, but there, there is a lovely attitude there, pride. Um, there's something about it. And, I, and, I, and the, I'm not ignoring the poor points, but everyone's done the, you know, fast black and white photos of the steelworks and of trolleys in, in rivers and that sort of thing. And it, it, it's the softness that I think... Yeah. We haven't got a lot, but we've got each other, right? It's, yeah, well, there you go. You know? It's there kind you of, go. I think that is a big part of it, right? I think, mm. you know. And I, it's amazing. I was, just, I was thinking on my honeymoon, I went to Tanzania, and it was one of the things that, again, it was weird. It was like a weird moment where I'm away and there's these kids with absolutely nothing, but they're the happiest kids I've ever seen in my life. They're absolutely like, you know, like I've never seen happier children. Like, and, and, 
I think that sometimes you, it, it takes you to go away from someone to, to, to see that. Like it takes a lot, of, a lot of reflection. But I think it is. You don't, you, I think having each other is probably the most important thing, connection with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, uh, It's that shift I in think, priorities though, isn't it? Like we grow up, we're all in or around London and there is this weird kind of, I don't want to sound like a, like a weirdo political person because I don't really care that much, but there's this weird like uh, capitalism thing and it's kind of pervasive and it, it gets under your skin and it makes you want to do stuff. But the reality is, is like, you know, just like you said, Paul, like that priority shift of being more interested in each other than stuff. I don't know, mm. it, it changes a community. <laughs> no, but I, but I do think, I think... I think as a society, as as a, on the whole, we've 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 there's almost been this divide put through since Brexit, like this massive line's been like drawn, like you're either for Brexit or against it, and we were kind of we've forgotten what it is maybe to be kind and look after each other, and that we are all mi- millions and millions of small communities, and when you do a book like yours, which is on South Wales, and it highlights this closeness between people, it just makes you reflect and think, you know, maybe. Why, why can't we all be a bit like that? Why can't we all be a bit like South Wales? You know, it's not a bad place to be, right? And, and like you say, money doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about, I think class doesn't matter in South Wales. It's something like I never, you know, I was working, I was grew up in a working class family in South Wales. And you don't realize you're grown up in a working class family, even when you're grown up in a working class family until you leave. It's this reflection afterwards and, and, how hard my family worked and, you know, my dad sometimes did my paper run for me. <laughs> you know, but it's th- these things that, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. It is, it is an amazing place. And I think we, we, we get so much negative news and so much shit and so much, you know, the world is a horrible place. But there are, there's communities like that all over the world, right? That there's people give a shit about each other. Mm. Um, and I think we should highlight that more. I think that's like an amazing thing. Um, honestly, I like I like of all the books I've seen this year. I've seen a lot of books this year, and yours is. And maybe I'm Welsh as well, so it resonates with me more. I'll give it that bias, but I think it's magical, really magical. Oh, thanks, mate. I mean, I've I've received so many lovely messages. It's really sort of it's had some great press as well. Um, and I did obviously I didn't make it for any of that, <laughs> but uh, it, yeah, it's been really well received, and um, I'm pleased people get it. Uh, I was worried it wouldn't. People think, oh, it's a weird UFO thing, or not that it's weird, just, you know. <laughs> um, <people laughs> no, it's not weird, though, right? Think it's a bit voyeuristic, perhaps. Um, I, well, that was, I was, have you, had, have you had anything, like, have you had any, like, you know, people from saying this, why have you done this, why have you, you know, have you had I'm, any bad shit from it or not? Have you all no, been positive I, yet? I, I really haven't. I, I think I got a couple of messages from people from the town who, um, who did, didn't see it with the same, they couldn't wait to get out of it, you know. Um, but, couldn't wait uh, to get out of the town. Yeah, but um, apart from that, it's, I mean, that's two of about, you know, hundreds of, like literally hundreds of messages of people messaging me about it. Um, yeah, that, that, I mean, that was it. I, th- I think, I think maybe like, people, some people might have seen it as, um, rose-tinted glasses about the town. You know, if you're from the town and, and you didn't... Yeah, yeah. You know, but it... Generally, uh, the messages are, 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 have been really good. That um, feels like that's something they're putting on it, though. 
Like, yeah. the, the, the fact that they felt trapped in that place doesn't necessarily mean that there was nothing about it. I think, I think we all have felt trapped in a small town and we, we've all felt that feeling of what it's like where, you know, I've got friends who've lived in Bajen all their life and never left, you know, and they love the place. They love it. Mm. They think it's the best place on earth. They realise that, that, that there, it is, a, you know, not the what easiest that place. What's Wood did? Suicide um, Machine. Suicide mm-hmm. Machine, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just, uh, it, it's, it's, it's difficult, isn't it, to um, make a body of work on, on a place um, and really connect to what it means to be from that place. And mm-hmm. like, I'm just, I'm just, there's a few images in your book. I, I, like, I really love, I'm going to just pick you up on it before you leave me because I wanted to ask you about it. Is the woman, this one, of the woman oh, yeah. drink, drinking the can of lager, is it? That's right. That's, um, that's from Beauty and the Obese. That's uh, Beauty from uh, uh, Tiger. Ah, okay, amazing. Oh, and this one as well. Like, this is amazing. I really love this photo. Oh, yeah, that's Lindsay. So she's a descendant of Richard Burton. Oh, and so that's photographed under the viaduct. Um, I, I suppose another one, one more final question I've got for you is research. How much of your project is research and how much of your time are you spend in researching before you actually go and take a picture? Like, what's... Oh my God. So can, I, can I guess before you answer? Yeah. Oh, wait, you've, you've already said, you've already said, <laughs> I, I was going to say a lot. Listening to you talk about Druids, about Atats, about going to Glastonbury, like, it, it sounds like you're very well read on the subjects you're photographing. I, I just get obsessed with the place. I, I, I just have to know about it. And it's partly I want to hit, find these locations that, you know, you can't find unless you do the research. But partly I actually want to try and connect with the town. And I, I think with Port Talbot, because it's an industrial town, there's, there's a real sort of human history, right? I, I, I find history quite hard to comprehend when you talk about millions of years and fauna and rock formations. <clears throat> but at Port Talbot, you've got a steelworks and you'll meet someone that works at steelworks and their dad worked there, their granddad worked there, great-granddad. And there's a real human history, you know, in, in the landscape. You can see it. And that chapel was built 1879 to service that that part of the community um, and, and how things change and move on uh, and expand. And that's what I like. I, I really understand the human history and and, and that goes back to the folklore and um, talking about these stories and, and what's true and what's not and what matters. Um, yeah, I, 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 I've lost count. I had spreadsheets, I've, countless books. I've read the Burton Diaries. You know, <laughs> you know, I've read around the subject. Uh, any sort of mention of Port Talbot, I, I was reading about it. I, I even went to the library. They got archives there and old community papers. Um, and, and again, it's a good exercise because you, you, this stuff isn't online. You just have to talk to people. Um, you have to read about it. You have to visit these places. There was a church I found called the Zion Church, and it's been long demolished. And I think it was built for the tin workers at the time in, in Carmarthen. And um, the, the, it's not there anymore. But there is, if you go into the woods, you can find uh, the sign, the stone carving Zion. Um, and I read about it in this book, and I thought I've got to get a photo of that Zion in the woods and stone carving. It's so. <laughs> So sort of um, strange and surreal, um, and, and of course with the, the the working men's clubs, there's lots of different working men's clubs there, um, and they all have their own individual history and sports teams and that sort of thing. 
So yeah, I felt the more the more I read about it, the the more I had to continue reading about it and talking about it and learning about it. Um, and I still I still read things today. I've got all these alerts on my phones if anything pops up in the news. Um, I still yeah I still like to stay in touch with what's going on. Just like oh, a rabbit hole, rabbit hole, <laughs> fully yeah. diving in, still down it, still down it. <laughs> and I, and I, any any new projects? Anything new coming up? You said you were doing something about Chichester, right? And... Oh, that yeah, that's um, that's yeah, that's sort of uh, someone else's book. But yeah, I've got a, th- a few ideas. Um, I think I want to concentrate my work in South Wales. To be honest, mm-hmm. um, I do love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's. I, I do think it's the last sort of bastion of where you can, because uh, where I grew up, right in Dorset, there's it used to be very sort of agricultural and disconnected, and now all the pubs, they're not skittle alleys and you know horrible carpets. They're all quite sort of gastro now. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's all quite sort of Londony. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, whereas Wales, you can go there, and it's it's Wales, man. It's the valleys. You meet these characters. No one cares about London. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, absolutely. And it's and because of my (laughs) personal connection there, I'm sure there's plenty of places like that around the UK. But um, that's what I'm interested in right now is um, is Wales actually, and I want to do something with acting, um, Mm -hmm. uh, in particular, amateur dramatic society. Mm, (laughs) That's um, that's what that's what I've been thinking about. So I'm trying to work work out how that. I've got a few ideas. I keep to myself for now, but I'll. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, well, this yeah, weekend, when you go down to the Panto, you might meet the very next Anthony Hopkins. Right? Yeah. Well, that's it. You know, maybe that's what I'm just thinking of that idea. Um, You'll have the yeah, first yeah. portrait, that first. <laughs> yeah. I, I like this idea of things being so important to some people and, and not others and taking things very seriously. Um, I love that idea. And Wales has a, like, like a long history of acting, and um, my parents were actors. Um, that's how they met. So, yeah, there's there's something along those lines. I think it's definitely more in Wales. I, I, I like exploring this scene. Um, there's lots going on. Like you say with Dan Wood, I think he's done amazing stuff, uh, photo book junkies and and his work. Um, you've done you've done Elvis as well, haven't you? You did a project on Elvis as right. Yeah, yeah, in Porthcawl. Have you have you oh, been yeah. to the LVs? I, you know what? I'm going to go this. I've never. Oh, been. What is this? What's going uh, on? It's yeah. terrible. <laughs> it's terrible, isn't it? It's like, basically I, not even well. She puts this accent on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you should Thanks. go. Do you know? I mean, that's. I could go on all day about Wales, but that that. So that's that. a good example of real positivity. The LV, yeah, like, which is everyone doesn't know, is is one of the biggest ETAs, the Elvis tribute artists, not impersonators, the the artists in their own right that play tribute to the king. And they come and perform, and you're judged based on how you look, how you dance, how you sound, uh, sort of the pitter patter between songs, uh, what what sort of state Elvis had different sort of generations to him, and that this, this appeal of Elvis, which is cross creed and generation, still very popular today. But you go there, and people would be fully dressed up. They go on stage, they perform, and as soon as they finish, they run round to watch the next person. And I thought that was great because I, I, I do think sometimes in London, like everyone wants to do well. Um, which is fine, but you meet some people that they want to do well and they, they might not want you to do well. Whereas yeah, yeah, yeah. in Wales, I think there's, certainly at the LVs, everyone's there to celebrate something. It doesn't matter if it's the Apple keynote, you know, or God. <laughs> but it, in that, this case, it was um, Elvis. 
and everyone wants everyone else to do well. They're there to celebrate Elvis. And it's that real positivity. Um, I really sort of connected with it, actually. Yeah. I, I'm going to take you down. We're going to go, mate. Me and you are going to go down to the Elvis Festival. Okay. When is it? Uh, uh, let's make September. It it's in September. September. Okay. Yeah, next we, we, let's start planning. Let's make it happen. Yeah, I, right. I would highly recommend it. I would highly recommend it. Because it, it was Porth Cool, right? Right between yeah. Bridgend and Port Talbot. And you've got to remember, yeah. like, that that area, you've got the Mumbles and Swansea, Bridgend, Porth Cool, you know, Kenfig. These are areas of outstanding natural beauty. You know, they're full of... Um, Beautiful sand dunes, waterfalls, lakes, mountains. Have um, you been to Have you been to Witch's Point in Southern Down? Do you know this this folklore no. story? There's a so in Southern Down, Dunraven Castle is just off the top of the bay, and there's a cliffs called Witch's Point, and apparently is where they used to push push witches off during. Oh right, <laughs> well, that's <laughs> a good story. Yeah, I took a view, Paul. Yeah. It flashed up at me the other day, and I was like, "Oh, that's a really gorgeous photo." And I've literally forgotten to send it to you. So, sorry. Yes, I'll right. definitely check that out. Sounds right on my street. But um, yeah, I mean, Port Talbot is in the middle of this area. It's the yeah, it's right. beach. It's the same bit of land. And so mm. when people knock it, you know, you, you're only six miles from the Mumbles. You're only yeah. a mile from Kenfig. It's the same bit of beach. And um, it's just the Steelworks is there. But, you know, look the other way. I think that's what the book is. Just look the other way and... Look at the people. Not everything's about the steelworks. Yeah, it's it's like again. Like I think it, mission, it's mission accomplished, mate. Right? Mission accomplished. I, I, I think what what I think, and then this is, I was I was you know I'm gonna open brain thoughts, but I think it's really difficult to make an intimate portrait of a place within two years when you're not from the place. And I think how, how you've done that is a real skill. And I think it's something you should be super proud of because I think it's really difficult. I don't think I don't think a lot of people can, you know, create connections with with strangers fundamentally. Um and and show the intimacy in their work like that. I think it's a really magical thing, honestly. Like Thank you. That's but, very kind of you to say. And um I yeah, it was a two-year period, but it was a, a, I spent a lot of time there. <laughs> a lot of time. There. <laughs> you're you're Welsh. Totally really, worth it. You? Your granddad's <laughs> Welsh. You might, if, if you, you know, had to play for England or Wales, imagine you were an international. Would you be a Welsh player or an English player? Well, what, what? Play what? Football, for, rugby? Rugby. Rugby for Wales or England. I would break if I played, but I'm like... I'm no, like, but imagine imagine <laughs> you were an international athlete and you were, you were 16 and you could have chose, right? Now you're going to go play for your granddad's team. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? Do you know what I would after hearing if you ever heard Michael Sheen's Red Mist speech? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Wales. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Wales. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I definitely would. I def me, me and Dan have a connection with Michael Sheen, actually. Do you know? Do you? This is yeah, yeah, because we shoot this thing called the Homeless World Cup, which is like um Oh yeah. And so he when he did it in Cardiff. And we got quite friendly. I got quite friendly with him. He's a really nice bloke. Like he's a top man. He's a yeah, everywhere I went in Port Talbot. I think he does a lot which doesn't get in the news. He really does. And he, he, he just put, loved the he, town. He put his house on the market to, to fund the Homeless World Cup in Cardiff. He basically sold a house. Yeah, I could, I could be the guy's a Hollywood star and he moved back to Port Talbot. I mean, that's, I know. that's commitment. And um, yeah, I've got nothing but respect to him. He, he gave his uh, knighthood back. Which I thought was cool as well. Did he, did he do that as well? That's amazing. Yeah, uh, his dad's actually in the book. Mayrick Sheen is a um, was a Jack Nicholson impersonator for most of his life. Um, so I got, I got a photo of him, and he he was like the godfather. Like everyone you would talk to would know him. 
and okay. uh, annoying okay. whatever. But, um, oh, you know, you know me, Nick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. He's he's the right character. So um, yeah, very fond of him, Merrick um, and Irene. But yeah, with, with Sheen, we were, we were in contact a bit for the book, but we just couldn't make we couldn't make it work. Um, okay, okay. And uh, I, I've sent him one. I haven't heard back yet. So <laughs> okay, okay. Um, we do a little thing called shout out. So we ask you to maybe shout out something you've seen recently, something you've heard, maybe something you've read, anything that you like. I mean, I know we're putting you on the spot. So Dan, you can go first if you want. Do you want me to go first? I normally do a, a record, right? This time. Laura Panic. So, so Laura, Laura Panic. Yeah. yeah, Youth Without Age and Life Without Death. Um, I'm not going to boy. I think it's kind of older work at this point, but mm. it's just been put in... Who did this? Ghost? Was it? Guest, I think. I think it's guest. Guest. Yeah, it is. It's guest. Um, it's just really bloody nice. Like I've been a big fan of Laura's work for a while. Like I just I think what she's doing is really incredible. Um, so yeah, it's it's really nice to finally have a book with her work in it. Because I've only really seen it on a screen. So yeah, really, really beautiful as well. Yeah, very good. I didn't know that was out yet. I've seen it advertised. So you, yeah, you, yeah, you I saw it straight away. <laughs> and immediately got it. But Paul, you're going to like this, right? So there's this like tracing paper with these kids' drawings on it in the middle. Mm. Oh, well. She's copied my idea. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> you you right. had full Sounds ownership right. of that ah, idea. So God, somebody's stolen it. Like, I come on, Laura. <laughs> like, you know, intellectual <laughs> oh, no, property Laura, and that. Yeah, on. yeah. Just <laughs> it, it's fine. You can use it, but you've got to give a bit of the proceeds to Paul now because that was his idea. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's not angry. I don't think it was a fit. He's just disappointed. Okay, I'm going to do a No, it's fantastic. Well it's a really good book. Um, absolutely, you should go and get it, Rue, because it's... Before, before yeah, it's I'm, just I'm too difficult to get. Yeah, yeah. Mine yeah, is um, Omar Victor Diop, The Anonymous Project. Oh. That's uh, good. It's We're good. It's really good. Books. Yeah, and, and basically what he does is he takes scenes from the past like this can you see that or is that out of focus mm. but he places himself in these in these photographs from the 60s and the 70s like typical family photographs i mean i can't really wow yeah. i've that seen these because it, it looks legit right it doesn't look like he's just scalpeled himself out of a picture no 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 he's really like, like, he's really gone to some effort to make it look like he was really there right yeah yeah and it's it's the writing on it is really interesting as well sometimes you know i don't I always look at the pictures first and then go back to the writing. But it's really, the writing on it is really interesting as well. It's really, really good. Really good. So that's me. That's, um, well, I haven't, I haven't got a book to talk about. I definitely, um seems like I'm a bit late to the game, but the Martin Parr Foundation, I don't know if you guys have ever been there. We went recently, actually. We, we were just B there. Yeah, BOT. Oh, yeah. Well, it's... I, I love it. I, I really think what they're doing for photography is amazing. Everything about their sort of exhibition schedule, their book, uh, Bop, obviously was down there right next to the Royal Photographic Society. So um, I'm slightly ashamed it's taken me so long to get down there, but I really love what they're doing for British photography. Everyone loves Martin Parr, of course. Um, so yeah, I, I've become a member now. <laughs> mm. um, I highly recommend going. Anyone that hasn't been get down the Martin Parr Foundation. What are the perks of being a member? I think you get access early exhibition tickets okay. and you also get 10% off at the photo book store. It's only like 30 quid a year. Okay. And I mean, if you buy photo books, like I, I do a lot, 
that you save your money in the first two days. Mm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think there's and different mine. levels. And, you know, even the more expensive ones, you can get a Martin Parr print signed. Oh, nice. uh, I don't work for them, by the way. <laughs> like no, really no, 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 no. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. this, this, whole, this whole chat has just been revolved yeah, just around been us. Yeah, just been laying in a Martin Parr chat at the end. We get it. Yeah, I do... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I do. I do go to. Uh, I'm going to more exhibitions, and um, yeah, that's going to be my New Year's. Resolution. Any exhibitions that you're recommending at the minute? <coughs> Taylor Wessing, uh, Captain Beanie for my book is in Taylor oh, Wessing. Oh, where, where is Taylor Wessing? Where is it? Is it the National Portrait Gallery? Is it okay? I, I'm, I'm going to go see that. I am. Yeah, I might go. It. It's I might really... go this afternoon. Actually, I got I mean, this is a nice afternoon. Take the camera. Yeah, I, I recommend it. I, I I do like the competition and stuff they do and. Yeah, I've, I've never got in before, but this year, um, very fortunately, I've, I've got in. So, um, yeah, go and have a look. I actually brought Captain Beanie up from Port Talbot. They did a, had an opening night and uh, he came up. Uh, Captain Beanie, of course, is the man in the world's only, world's only uh, Bait Bean Museum from his council flat in Sandfields, Port Talbot. And he dresses as a superhero with the orange paint and everything. And he came up and met everyone, stood in front of his portrait. So it was a really good night, actually. Um, it was good to see it. <laughs> Yeah. That's really good, though. It's really good that you could do that as well, right? Like, yeah, it was just—it's really last minute, and um, and it was really nice of him to come up. And uh, yeah, of course, everyone loves him, and he, he raised an awful lot of money for charity. He's a well-known character in the village. Uh, okay, sorry, okay. The village in Port Talbot. Port, Port Talbot. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah, Park Foundation. Get it. Get a membership. Okay, I'm going to do it. Have you Does seen the, um, a World in Common thing yet? A, the exhibition at Tate Modern. A World in Common. Is that no, it? World... Am I getting it wrong? A world in common. Uh, a world in common. Yeah, it's shown at Tate Modern at the minute. It's I went the other day. It's really, really good. Is it? Okay. Yeah. What's yeah, it about, Dan? Uh, Have you been to Daniel Meadows? Have you seen that one? No, I've not seen that one. Where's that? Uh, um, that's at the Centre of British Photography in okay. uh, on German Street. German Street, yeah. I don't think uh, I've ever yeah. been there. Is that the new place? Yeah, it's quite new. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know much about it. Um but yeah, it's on German Street. So okay. uh, yeah, I think it's free. Yeah, okay. it's really good. Oh, I might add that to my list for in a couple of weeks. Maybe um maybe after we do our podcasts on Monday, Paul, we'll go for a little saunter, is it Dan? Sorry? A saunter. A saunter. <laughs> a saunter down to yeah. German Street. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. A, me- a, me- a meander. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be nice. <laughs> so Rue, where's the best place for people to keep up to date with all the stuff you're doing? I know you said you're not particularly active on social media, but is that still the best spot or yeah, Instagram, Rue Lewis, um, website. I, I I do post, but I just don't I think maybe I overthink it too much. <laughs> um but yeah, that's that's probably the best place. Uh I, I am on it. I do post just every couple of weeks, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally the on way, the train the home way. and I was sat opposite a guy and after a phone conversation I had with a friend he was like what do you do for a job and I was telling him I was a photographer and anyway we got chatting about social media because he's like a marketing guy and he was just like you just need to stop overthinking it and just put something up where I work he's like you're just this is what's getting in the way you're overthinking it you're going into the mm-hmm. rabbit hole of like now you're watching a reel he's like soddle that off just just post something. Don't worry about what you're writing next to it. Just bang it out. So anyway, Rue, I'm passing on the information. There's a truth to that, I think, is, yeah, get over yourself and just 
post. Yeah, no one's fucking reading it anyway, mate. Just <laughs> you're right. You're, 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 you're shouting into the void. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just, just post there. it. Just get it out yeah. there. Just get it out there. <laughs> this is coming nope. from a man that I don't think I've put anything on social media for like the nobody last cares. fucking nobody three cares. months. Nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Right. Just get it out no there. Just get it out there. <laughs> Um, <laughs> listen, thank you so much. You can catch up with everything we're doing at Idle Hand Society. Go and sign up to our newsletter because Paul's been beavering away and um, he's he's giving you the, the 10 top things that he's been looking at every month, is it, Paul? Is it? Month, month, yeah. Month Has the first one come out? I haven't had it yet. No, because we're waiting for uh, Tom to finish the design of the uh, website. Okay. And then In, we're gonna... Inside baseball stuff. We're yeah. going to do a rebrand, right? Because we're re-brand, really professional yeah. now. Ooh, look at us. <laughs> um, okay, new everyone. Font. New, yeah, just, just a new font, that's all it is. A couple of new colours in the font. No, uh, Tom's smashing it. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. We'll catch Thank you next so time. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Really appreciate the time. Really good. Not at all. Really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed Thank it. You.